0: Hi, you. It's the Celtics Reddit podcast. We are back. It's your host Celtics Jay, and I'm here as I often am, really almost always am, because ultimately the voice that's here alongside me is the one you're all here to hear. That's weird. Say that five times fast, Mister Wayne Spoony Spoons. How you doing,
1: man? Jay, I'm doing good. First of all, no one wants to hear my voice. I don't even. There's want, at least one Spoons. There's at least. <laughs> one. Don't... I don't know how my wife puts up with it every day, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back, man. Let's do this thing. It was a fun one last night, even if, you know, we didn't quite get the dub.
0: Well, I've never seen so many people in the sub uh, reflect on the moral victory, right? Like like we've never had the sub all in agreement for moral victories before until last night. Um, you gave the uh, a little quick aside, acknowledging that maybe people don't like your voice as much as I do, but I do and we all do. Um, but I also just want to quickly acknowledge that I'm hiding in my closet currently, uh, trying to avoid my my three-year-old son who's determined to interrupt us at some point. So if that happens, y'all, just listen, parent to parent, y'all know. And if you don't know, yep. you don't know. Yep. So let's, let's talk have, a little, you listen, we're, no idea. you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we're at the end of the season here, right? We got one game before we're going playoff city. So let's talk a little bit about how this season has gone for us and look at, Hey, ultimately we're at 50 wins. And I'm just going to point out real quick that spoons just dropped. So uh, whether he lost connectivity or, or maybe uh, something interrupted, Uh, We're just going to kind of keep moving a little bit, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to rejoin us in a moment. But I want to look at this season so far, because the way things started off, I went back and I listened to some of my takes early on, especially when we had just got the news about Danny Ainge resigning, Brad Stevens being promoted up, and then ultimately the news about Ime. And I've got to hold myself accountable here, because I had some terrible takes about Ime. Not that I ever really gave a case against hiring emate necessarily, although I did, based off of what I had seen on YouTube with interviews and what have you, I thought that maybe he was a little too understated, a little bit too reflective of the type of energy we had seen to this point with Brad Stevens to think that he'd be able to come in and have the type of impact that he's had so far. I was clearly wrong. Um, and it goes to show you can't judge a, bur- a book a, bur- <laughs> a book entirely by its cover. Uh, you've really gotta be patient and be willing to acknowledge, you know, the various aspects of of folks and especially in the work that they produce. And Ime has done nothing but demonstrate just a remarkably high caliber of of coaching quality, both in the way that he's able to lead these young men as well as navigate the media and the fan base as well. I think he's done just a really poetic job through some tough times in his early head coaching career because the first half of the season was really spent mostly criticizing him in his first go at this with a team that had really gone through the ringer and had all sorts of of change happening. But if nothing else, I think right now we're just seeing a testament to the quality of how this organization is being run now as opposed to how it's been run in the past. For those that really remember those 90s years, the organizational leadership was uh it left a lot to be desired to say the least. Welcome back, spoons, hey man. I don't know what just happened. My camera died. where are we we're We're good. I'm just kind of setting this up i'm I'm kind of sure. like I'm just reflecting on on i think how this season has as well as other things really just reflected a quality of leadership at at every level of the Celtics organization as opposed to you know, really prior to this ownership group, things were pretty rough. Terrible. Um, and I think Wick and, and the rest of that ownership group has done a nice job of staying involved enough to, you know, keep this relevant for themselves and to stay passionate and invested while also giving enough room and autonomy to, to the other folks uh, at the GM level or the president level, the coaching level, and even the players level. Um, you know, they, they seem to do a good job of staying in the mix but enough out of it to, uh, to let the shine go where, where it mostly belongs. Now, looking at this season, I mean, I, I, I know that I started off talking a little bit about just thinking about what the expectations might have kind of been early on. We were optimistic, you and I, I remember. Sure. We went in really thinking this team has all the ingredients to be successful, but then the first third of the season, a little bit more, really really discouraging to see but of course it you know everyone's talking enough about it at this point that turnaround that we've had in this back end of the season has just been unreal so spoons what i want to get from you is is your thoughts on just this turnaround for this year the fact that this team has turned into a 50 win team knew where does it I this, called it you call you you know <laughs> where does this rank for you in in your experience as as a celtics fan as far as like in in enjoyability for a season to watch the full way through so you ever like done something
1: stupid when you're drunk and wake up and you're like oh my god did you not see the video i just dropped in the sub (laughs) but you're just like oh my god like I bet I pissed off my best friend. Like my best friend is probably so mad at me or something like that. What you know? have you been like doing my, spoons? Or my girl, like, what's you know, coming out right now? Nah, nah. Or like, you're, you're like, Oh, my girlfriend's going to be so pissed. And then when you talk to them, you're like anxious and gonna, you're like ready to feel horrible. And they just forgive you and laugh it off. That's what this season is. It is the lowest of like I in like end of December, I was like, we know what this team is. They fucking suck. Blow it up. This is done. This second half of the season has been other than maybe that what was it, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen Tatum, Brown, rookie Tatum run. Magic. No. Eighteen nineteen, yeah. Rookie Tatum, second year Brown run to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is right up there, even with, like, the 08 season, at least as far as the regular season goes, of enjoyability. One, Al's back, who I always loved, and then everybody else is basically homegrown. I mean, Tice, we didn't draft, but he was a rookie with us. Yeah, he's you a Celtic know what guy. I mean? Exactly. I mean, I've never experienced a team that's been built from the ground up with like all your guys like this, and it's super fuck This is like the dream. This is what I used to do in like NBA 2K. Is like Amen. oh this shit never happens, and I'll trade for ten draft picks, and I'll draft all my dudes, and like y- this doesn't happen that often in those, real life. Those
0: two K teams that you used to run with, where Jr. Giddens eventually becomes <laughs> an MVP. Yeah, yeah, I know what <laughs> yeah, you're talking about. Like,
1: exactly, exactly. Um, so like marcus thornton from william and mary or whatever that dude was uh it's it's been awesome and the way they've been playing i think like even that 08 team was amazing but that was ugly basketball dude they won some games like 75 to 68 you know like the celtics are amazing defensively and their offense is like warriors-esque at this point like they're moving the ball around they're burying threes everybody's high-fiving you know like bill simmons said a lot of threes a lot of high fives that's what's happening now and it's been great and i think doing the podcast helps because i get to like talk about it with people who give a shit um which is a lot of fun too so uh this is right up there man how about
0: you jay so this this is a special season for me for, for a couple of some, some overlaps, some points that you bring up. I think seeing a homegrown team do what this team is doing is a lot of fun. I imagine this has got to be largely what that OKC fan base felt like when, when Harden Durant and Westbrook were doing their thing. And so there's, there's that piece that's really enjoyable. There's also a vindication for me. I feel like personally, because for me as a fan, I can get just as down as anybody and frustrated and, and, and all that, but I tend to still look at, you know, the, the, the narratives that come from the team and and that I can observe and enjoy that, you know, are still fun to follow. Like, you know, the, the player development, the, you know, the, for sure. Yeah. Those, those micro stories that come up, right. Um, You know, and then if the, if the court, play is is so terrible you know you go to what they're doing off the court and you find ways to appreciate and enjoy that this team has made it so easy on both sides of it you know i mean you yeah. got guys like i mean you know everyone knows the the, the players on the team that i i align with and, and tend to talk the most and boast the most about and we'll talk about uh one of them especially in the next segment here Marcus smart um but you know so many of these guys they they really do have just such a profound uh connectivity off the court and so it just makes a lot of what they're doing on the court that much more special. And I really appreciate that. Marcus Smart probably at the, the forefront of that for me. Sure. Um, and, and so I think just the fact that while everyone else was screaming, the world is on fire, blow this thing up, you know, big changes are needed. It's nice to, to recall all the times that I or others like me have said, hey, you just got to wait like just be patient this there's a chance here there's there's good stuff that's bubbling underneath this um you know bad times look different than this you know we've seen bad times and they look and feel different than this and so seeing that actually kind of happen you know the only thing i can kind of relate it to and i didn't experience this in a first-hand way as a fan by any stretch i've only seen it (laughs) as it as it communicated to me through movies um but the the whole money ball movie like this this makes me feel a little bit like what the fan base was like in the movie Moneyball where everyone was just like shitting on that team at the beginning of the year like this is crazy you're all nuts what you're doing is stupid you know and everyone was shouting stuff like that starting mark as smart as the point guard is stupid you can't have him be this you can't have these players do that Al Horford's too old the Jays gotta get split up they can't play together all the things and then what do they do midway through they just go on a freaking terror of a run. It put everybody on notice. And now all anyone can talk about is the magic potion that got drank in, in Boston. But really, there's no magic to it. It's just, it's grit. It's grind. It's what they were all talking about, uh, Brad and, and the rest of the organization right off the jump, you know, and Eme when he showed up. It's that grit, that grind mentality. And I've loved it. It's been easy to root for. Um, and I I I hope that it lasts as long as humanly possible. Yeah,
1: and Jay, I will say, before the season started, I wrote something, and po- it did pretty well on our NBA, so it pulled in a lot of non-Celtics takes, and my premise was basically like, can, Smart- Smart- uh, can Marcus Smart be the starting point guard? There are a lot of takes in there from non-Celtics fans that are not aging very well. I'll say that. Maybe we'll pull some for next show, or we maybe that's an off-season thing we can do, is roast some of our friends over at rmba but yeah um speaking of smart let's get into it move, yeah yeah let's do it all right he has been wonderful i mean like <laughs> you're in order to be a positive player playing the level of defense he does you do not have to be particularly good at offense like you know andre roberson couldn't even dribble and he started for like an East you know Western Conference finals team because he was so good on defense. Smart is playing that level of defense, and he's also pretty damn good on offense too, and that adds up to an insanely valuable player. so well, I don't think he'll ever make an all-Star game, man. His impact is right there. I mean, his impact is truly right there.
0: And I think it's it's fair to to acknowledge that. Right now, the the five players that are starting are our five best players. Like, yeah, I, I, that, that's clear. Like, there's some squads that I know at different times. Like, your your fifth best player might be Miami. the first guy off the bench. You know, Miami. Right. heroes
1: like their third best player. Honestly,
0: right. yeah. Um, for the Celtics, their top five are are exactly their starters, and they're all in the right position they're supposed to be in. Um. But I know you know you you've had a, a relatively recent episode of of, of your show uh, where you were talking about who, in fact, is the third best player on this squad, and you were looking at that kind of in depth and And I don't know that you came away really feeling super confident about what the answer was then. um I, yeah. it, it's it's shifted, and that's part of the beauty I think of this team, too, is that you can make, I think, good cases for several guys on this team, and that yep. speaks to the quality of the team dynamic that's in place right now but let's let's revisit that a bit and let's let's try to 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 make sort of a uh as much of a consensus choice as we can right now about the third best player on this team so right now knee-jerk reaction third best player boston celtics this season just regular season go mark is smart no doubt about it
1: Boom. i actually do not think it's a question so i will say on my solo show i don't think about it beforehand I just pull the stats and then I just talk well and I look at the stats for the first time when I'm talking and Al just blows you away with some of the stats and I did not and when I took a step back saw some of the comments from people I I just think I undervalued smart has a much more difficult role on both ends than Al and the fact that his stats are comparably good while taking on that huge role is just a more valuable player. And then since then, he's really shut me the hell up because he's been on fire and just like destroying teams. And he is having, you can tell he's having fun when a one or both the Jays are out. And it's like, I'll shoot 20 times tonight, baby, let's go. And it's been, he's been great. He's been good great. So I think it is unequivocally, without question, Marcus Smart and to your point, it's almost like we have three third best players because Al the other night was 17, didn't 17, 10 and three or something like that and didn't miss a shot like that pretty damn good. <laughs> so pretty obviously solid. Rob. Yeah. And pretty obviously solid. Rob's amazing. But I, I think it's clearly smart. I'm sure, Jay,
0: you, you m- might agree with me, right? I, I do tend to agree with you on the smart <laughs> take. Yeah, shot that's gig. that's probably that's probably a given. Um, and so I, I won't belabor that too much here. What I will bring up, though, and, and I think this is an interesting conversation, because I think by and large, we would be likely to see a pretty sizable base of the, the, the fanhood kind of looking at Marcus Smart versus Rob Williams for that third yeah. best player on the squad. And I think there's, you know, and I think that's fueled as well by the talk of which one of them is more deserving of defensive. Player of the Year. You know, a lot of folks have been talking about Rob and how you know it's it's his impact on the defensive end that is really allowing the Celtics to do a lot of what they're doing, and it's what he's capable of doing both on the perimeter as well as playing that quote unquote free safety role um, to protect the rim. That is has really just made this Celtics team another level to deal with on that side of the court. and so I get that, and he's also, I think, in some ways, a really exciting obviously he's an exciting offensive threat because of the you know his ability to get oh, above yeah. the rim. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah. he's also shown some touch, you know, and, and the playmaking is, is legit and, and dynamite. Um, so I think there's an interesting case to make there, and, and I don't think anyone that's arguing for Rob to be considered in that regard is totally unhinged by any stretch. No. But I do wonder. One of the things we've seen with Rob out, we all panicked. Rob got hurt. And the first thing on everyone's mind is we're going to, oh, it reminds me of a, of, of, of a Adam Sandler movie, but not Adam Sandler's character. The other guy there, Rob Schneider. Oh, we suck again. Suck again. You know, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's in like Water every Boy. one of those movies and gives the, you know, whatever that accent is. Um, Everyone panicked and, and was thinking we're going to just nosedive. And we didn't. And not only did we not nosedive, but we're still blowing some teams out now. Now admittedly, right. We struggled with Milwaukee, but like we competed with Milwaukee.
1: T- Tatum and Horford and Rob didn't play that game, right? That's three starters, fully healthy. Milwaukee. And we still almost snuck out a win, man. Like, that was who, super impressive And who's largely
0: responsible for it, right? Like, look at look at those stats yeah. for that game. Aaron, like, Marcus Smart Aaron is Neesmith. a beast. And <laughs> ne- yeah, Neesmith yeah, was no. a difference maker. That's true. Yeah. Um, Smart
1: w- for Milwaukee, maybe. Uh, Smart <laughs> was incredible. Jalen was – Jalen had, like, a bad two and a half minutes to end the game. And he wasn't efficient in the first half. But on balance, I think he was really good. And Hauser was great, as much as it pains me to say. And you know who the, like, MVP was, though? Daniel Tice balled out. He's been balling. We were... Ever since we shit on him, Jay, and said he looks like he's hurt or lost a step, he's been out of control good. Listen, so, he's an avid listener trade. to the
0: show, um, Big and, and you know he knows that if we're criticizing him, the next in line is going to be Perk, and he wasn't going to have any of that, so he just went ahead and offered the correction ahead of time. Sorry, Perk, for taking your thunder. Um, you know, You'll get the next one. So I think I think that's been a really interesting narrative is looking at those dynamics and and the player rankings on on the squad. And yeah, you know, last night's game is I think just another feather in Marcus Smart's cap where we see his being on the court is a huge difference maker. Now, what the reason why that comes to mind though is now think about the handful of games that we didn't have smart for and how we looked then. Now, sure. to be fair, that was right at kind of that point where we're starting to make that transition but it didn't fully click until he came back agreed agreed totally and so I'm left kind of looking at this and saying I can understand an argument for Rob for sure especially with the different nuanced ways or exciting ways that he can impact both sides of the floor but you take one of them off it's it's smart that's the 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 bigger loss for what this team can do on either side of the court at this point in my opinion I think it, I think I'm right there with you. Inarguable to say anyone other than Marcus Smart is the third best player on the squad. Now, here's here's the final follow-up to that before before we go into the the last piece here. Um, and that is to ask, can this team right? Can this team win a chip with Marcus Smart as the third best player? Cause this is the debate that we had prior to the season. Yeah, you've totally mousetrapped trapped me here. Uh,
1: <laughs> I per- I'd prefer not to respond. Um Yes. <laughs> All right, next question.
0: Yes. <laughs> like I
1: said, it's vindication, baby. Yeah, I vindication. Know got- yeah, good. I you know, this is such a bullshit cop-out in- way-, way to look at this. And I hate it when people do this to me, but I'm glad to be wrong. Right. Which I know is bullshit and, and shitty, but and I'm to be glad fair, to be, wrong.
0: to be fair, because you're being such a good sport about it. So I'm 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 gonna meet you halfway here. Because be fair, <laughs> you always offered the qualifier that if Marcus Smart makes certain adjustments and improvements, then sure, you could absolutely see that. Um, and we have seen Smart make some adjustments. I don't think it's exactly the type of adjustments that a lot of folks were calling for. Because if you look at the numbers, no. he's still yeah. – he's taking the third most shots on the team.
1: This feels more role-specific than skill development-specific. So I will I will say that I was not totally on t- – I was more talking about I, – I will say, even though I didn't think he could be our third best player and win a championship – I did say I think he's going to have a wonderful year. Um, But I just don't think I appreciated how empowering with the ball was going to bring out all his best qualities because I really don't think he's a better player than he was last year. Well, last year was tough. He was hurt. But like two years ago, I think that – He's just in a role more suited for his strength. So he looks a lot better. And guess what? Hey, he's a bigger benefit to the team when he's playing the right role. Imagine that, which is basically what you were saying, Jay. So uh, yet again, yeah, you you got
0: me. You laid me out, good, it out man. like he does the slow listen, burn. These too. moments are few and far between spoons. <laughs> when you don't live your life based on the numbers, you gotta you gotta down. take you gotta take them when you get them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I'm bowing out, man. Well done. So let me let's just real quick um, you know, just to bring us back to the defensive player of the year conversation, there's a couple of uh there there's a post up right now that that some folks have been uh talking in. And it was posted by uh RL SO12, whatever the hell that means. Cool username. Um shout out and let us know what the heck that stands for. Um, but they were just they'd shared a quote from Kungu. Uh, and I might be saying that person's name wrong. I'm assuming they're a journalist. Uh, he's he's did... not, but he's a big like Twitter. Gotcha. Celtics guy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this just he, demonstrates also like... like my lack of total intimate awareness and knowledge of mainstream media. Cause I, <laughs> I tend to veer a little bit from it where I can. Um, but yeah. anyway, the quote is Marcus Smart. If Marcus Smart doesn't win defensive player of the year this year, I don't think he ever will. Award is going to shift from awarding centers to awarding the mobile bigs like Simmons, Mobley, Rob Williams, Barnes, etc i'm assuming they mean scotty barnes and not harrison barnes
1: i yeah i think so but i would not put scotty barnes on that list i think he's more comparable to like tatum as a defender than he is those guys yeah but well maybe Bernard this was... is why
0: kungu is not an actual journalist and is just a twitter person <laughs> he's a great twitter follow <laughs> i strongly recommend following now, him kungu and and uh and and Giannis. uh those are are, are um who, uh, ah damn it Janos, right? Just came back? Janos. Janos. Is Janos, that how you pronounce whatever, it? Yeah. I've never heard it said out no loud. <laughs> I that's know, not yet, sure. I've I'm heard Jim Packard say it, and so I just forgot. <laughs> it's been a couple of years now. He's been, yeah, he's, been in, he's been in the weeds. Hibernation. Hiding. So, one the, listen, I'm, I'm digressing. I'm getting lost. One of, the, one of the comments I liked coming out of this was uh, user s- smoking smoking the trees but with the 3s I like that. I like to see that's a oh, username nice. I can get behind. Um if he doesn't win it this year, he'll just become a mobile big. There's levels to this shit and Marcus <laughs> is only getting started. Amen smoking smoking the 3s. Amen. I'm right there with you. Uh and then I like the following comments that came from that too. Uh user I'm going to wreck you. <laughs> you mean he's not a mobile big already? And then I, right I, below I, that uh <laughs> Ariolian mode stretch six baby you know exactly i love it there we go i love it <laughs> uh there's there's another group and and i'm going to apologize now i'll try to uh i'll try to shout them out in the comment thread because i'm forgetting the name of their pod off the top of my head but i, I will give them a shout because i think they deserve it they just did an episode talking specifically about marcus smart and and they spoke to a point that i think is valid which is um, I think not only is he going to win it, but if he wins it this year, I think he's going to essentially create a situation where this is all going to flip to the other end of the spectrum now where where centers, especially traditional centers, are not going to be winning this award anymore because I think what Marcus is demonstrating right now is that you can have a player that's his type of archetype that could be more impactful at every single position than you could find in anyone that can play center it Marcus smart boxed out Brooke Lopez and Giannis multiple
1: <laughs> times last night. Like, wh- I mean, he's like, <laughs> I know he's making Giannis work on a post up. Like I get that. He's not a traditional rim protector, but him and Derek white. And I think that's why we got Derek white is. So we always had a Marcus smart on the court. They unlock your defense to do stuff in ways that you just cannot with a tradition with Kemba Walker. Yep. Right. Like, imagine Kemba Walker trying to post up Brooke Lopez, right? (laughs) Like he comes up to the dude's kneecaps. I mean, um, so I, I tend to, I think uh, Kungu is touching on something and that podcast is touching on kind of the same thing. How we look at what a valuable defender is, is definitely shifting. That said, I don't necessarily agree with Alex that, I mean, Smart may not be Ben Simmons, but can you really say his impact is even lower than Simmons? Simmons isn't a rim protector either. That's now, why he on. can't play I don't center. Wanna,
0: I don't want us to go down this road of 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 shitting on Simmons because ultimately there's a user that I think brings up an important point that we need to consider before we do any more shitting on Simmons. So, please, uh, user, crimaster, uh, shake, points out. I mean. Hardly anyone's gotten past Simmons this whole season. He'll probably not be rookie of the year.
1: <laughs> nice, yes. Touché. That's money. That's a great comment. Touché. And yeah, he's not giving up a point all season. So all those stats, greenie sites where Smart gave up like two points on 50 possessions uh, all game. Uh, suck on that, greeny. That's Simmons right. hasn't been scored on. Uh, also, shout out Master Shake, man. Uh, my buddy do you what was that aqua Teen hunger force are you familiar with that oh, yeah. show at all yeah my buddy went as carl one year for uh halloween and he <sighs> shaved bold. the top of his head and nobody got it just did he, our did he do the white tea it. like mid, oh, yeah, midriff? yeah and he's and he's very hairy and it was cold as hell in massachusetts just in commitment. october and girls were coming up to him being like is your hair always like that <laughs> Like yeah baby Very embarrassing. Uh, Anyway, shout out, Aqua Teen. Um, Yeah, Simmons, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, smarts, just as valuable as any of those, quote, mobile bigs, because he might be 6'3", but he has the same impact as those dudes, and that's why he's a rare guard that's
0: being considered for DPOY. I mean – Right. He, he's a unicorn he's never, point guard in the way that like exactly. Gary Payton was, right? Like Gary exactly. Payton, was, and and Jason Kidd to a certain extent. Like Jason never got the same defensive accolades that that Payton did, but he had a similar dynamic in that because of his size, his strength, um, and his commitment to both sides of the ball. Um, you know, he was just a very unique guard at the time, and it did kind of create an archetype for a minute. Because I think a lot of people forget Chris Paul is kind of that archetype too. That that jason a Kidd, wonderful defender. Gary, P- yeah. gary payton archetype um and i think it's just been a disservice to marcus that people have not recognized or appreciated him in the same in the same spirit as those players now is he going to average as many assists or as good a ratios and stuff as chris paul absolutely not um but paul's also like a top 20 player ever right. you know what i mean yeah, like so, people like, call like, him the point right. god for a reason right like exactly like he's in yeah. conversations with like john stockton right? Exactly. Um, the fact that I think it is fair to, at least on the defensive end of the ball, though, you know, bring him, Marcus Smart, that is, into the conversation with the likes of guys like Gary Payton and, and stuff like that makes total sense. Um, oh, no and I doubt. think what I love the most is that we're seeing his playmaking and his ability to like really commit to that, that point guard role. The last thing I want to spend a little bit of time talking about is just looking ahead into the playoffs now. It's looking pretty much like we're likely getting Chicago, yeah? I mean, is it it mostly a done deal now, Spoons? School me on this. So this is how we get Chicago, I believe.
1: Um, If we win against Memphis, we will play Chicago, period. If we lose, then Philly has to lose at least one more game because we have the tiebreaker, Um, but they play shitty teams. So uh, Memphis is already locked into the two seed, I believe. And we play on Sunday. So we should know um, by the time we play, whether the game means anything or not for us. Uh, I think the three seed is absolutely perfect. That's why I called this loss against Milwaukee, the best loss in Celtics history. Um, And Memphis is not going to play anybody. They'd be insane, but they're also like, 19-2 and without Jaws. so who knows? Their deep bench can ball, so uh, we might have to bring it regardless, but I hope and I think that this Memphis game very likely, uh, there's a potential it does not matter, or there's a potential it's our starters against a bunch of G-leaguers. So, yeah, there's a few things that need to happen, but we're almost certainly going to be the three seed, I think.
0: And if it's not Chicago, then it's
1: most likely going to be probably Toronto we'd probably drop the four uh which i mean again i seem to be in the minority here we would fucking destroy toronto they cannot score on us i just I think their care. length is a pro- I, I, I think i know
0: it, i know we talked yeah, about yeah. it their length is just and that's where we we'll, we tend to struggle you know and that's why Giannis is such a damn problem um you know it that length it's when especially when you're a, a, a ball moving team right and you're not totally locked into just iso creation that length is a is a bear um what i will say is the
1: we played three games where we actually had our lineup one was the third or fourth game of the season we got spanked and then we handled them the other two once we were playing and once we were playing better we absolutely handled them we strangled them out they couldn't score we can score enough i i just am not concerned about toronto for the most part other than you know the outside outside the lines concerns
0: I all right guess. <laughs> so listen I, i'm gonna touch on this because right. uh our 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 man who is probably the only living person less reliable than myself uh mr <laughs> chris Mannix, dropped some what i suppose he would like to have interpreted as um information recently alluding that uh at the very least, two of our starters wouldn't be able to play if we were playing in Toronto. And this suggests alignment with stuff that has come from Scal as well. So a lot of folks in the sub now are are waging this sort of like sub-internalized uh, debate, arguing Civil over War. whether, you know, especially Jalen seems to be at the top of everyone's mind because he's one of our two best players and he's been outspoken only in vague ways that don't give people the sense of confidence that they would like to have uh, that he's vaccinated. Ultimately, the big concern, though, is that if we play in Toronto, they wouldn't then be available. And and the two names that are the most concerning right now that are attached to all this uh, is are Al Horford and Jalen Brown. So, you know, I bring it up because... It's been talked about enough at this point that I feel like we got to at least acknowledge
1: it. The last episode that Ben and Jackson did with Jake, I know they touched on it briefly. Jake does believe the reports. I will say, uh, I think importantly, and why a lot of this has gotten out of control, is I think it's very clear the Celtics have a no comment, we do not confirm or deny anyone's vaccine status it looks like the players agree with that and will not disclose anything except for their own um which obviously it's your own health information of course you own that um jalen's made some weird ass comments al straight up was like i can absolutely play in toronto so I, i don't know why al's getting wrapped up into this so much but I, I just uh, frankly don't know what to think. I, I do like uh, sometimes agree with like where there's smoke, there's fire. But there's also some evidence that they are like they showed up to a team dinner that they couldn't have been at. And I think Richardson and Schroeder did not go to if they weren't vaxxed. And so I have no friggin if idea if they are or not, man. I don't want to speculate one way or another. Uh, but we'd crush Toronto even if we didn't have those
0: two for the away games anyway. <laughs> well, and if you know if it's round two that we see him and we're getting robbed back, you know, uh, that would certainly soften the blow if we didn't have Al and Jalen. Um, first we got round Tatum. We're to good. not have three starters though in that first round, yeah. For some tough. of those games, that would be tough. That yeah, would no, be tough. no doubt. That's putting a yeah. lot. That's putting a lot on on Tatum, but. Like you said, I, I don't I also don't necessarily want to get into the speculation game. What I find frustrating about this though is is what I think Mannix is doing without maybe fully realizing it himself in a self-aware way, uh, is that it's really contributing to a, a bullshit strategy that, you know, a lot of these quote unquote journalists or what have you are are using to generate just like their own relevancy here because whether it's Mannix that's wrong or all the other folks that have reported contrary to what he's suggesting, someone involved in this bull, right, is just flat out saying lies for the sake of say- saying lies. Right, yeah. And, and I don't yeah. really care who the hell it is. I just think it's kind of shitty that we, that we have to sort of passively accept that that's a norm and that that's okay. And this is one of the issues that I think kind of it, it bleeds into other aspects of our society. Like and I don't I'm not going to get on a total soapbox here and like go down like let's criticize society road, but but like I do think it speaks to to something a little bit greater and more important than just basketball in that, you know, the the way that we passively tolerate certain types of of coverage of our our favorite sports teams it, it does have a consequence. Like if you tolerate bullshit coverage of your team and reporters just like putting out clickbait garbage to manipulate your own emotional responses to stuff to make their own companies or their own careers more relevant and more profitable, uh, then it's going to keep happening because it's going to generate revenue and revenue is going to continue to generate ongoing investment. Like we as fans, has got to do a better job. We got to like we got to stop tolerating the bullshit. Like either, either it means so much to you, right? Like you're gonna really just take a stand in this thing, and 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 you know, if if you're not gonna follow a, a particular player or a team because of their status, vax wise, like okay, so be it. But like, creating a situation where we're incentivizing these reporters, these journalists, to go around and just speculate basically shitting on the integrity and the, the, the character of these other players and how fans are are relating to them, that affects these guys' money and bottom line, man. You know what I mean? For sure. Like dropping sure. dropping rumors that aren't substantiated on going either way, whether they're vaxxed or not vaxxed, impacts their marketability to their fan bases. So, like, how are we tolerating this nonsense? Like, I think teams need to shut this shit down. Fan bases need to shut this shit down. We deserve a higher quality of journalism, people. And that... Quality
1: is the Celtics Reddit
0: podcast. That's baby. right, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, We're coming in hot, heavy. I'm with you.
1: I the only hot take artist, you're gonna like probably your jaw's gonna drop. <laughs> the only hot take artist I like is Stephen A. Smith because he's so ridiculous that no one, he's just like a character. No one takes him seriously. And I just think he's hilarious, man. And he knows it like. Sometimes, there's a clip, look this clip up, of Stephen Hay claiming he would have won the OJ trial if he was the prosecution <laughs> on first take. And, like, he was like, he laughs right before he's about to say it. Like, I can't believe I'm about to say this shit, man. And he but says,
0: he knows like, what it's going to do.
1: I know, I know. And, but he's, he is, like, funny and a master and it's tongue in cheek. Mannix is doing it because he wants to drum up bullshit and get his name in the news. I think Wendy. I don't know. Wendy's Bond temps is a fucking, he's a blowhard. I don't know if he's been on the pod before, but that dude sucks. Ben, cut this if he has been. We're in contact
0: with him. Don't cut it, man. Drama sells. If nothing else, we're, we're bringing up the fact that drama sells.
1: Yeah, it a hundred percent does. So that's why I wanna announce that Jay and I are gonna track Jalen Brown and Al Horford down and we're gonna find out if these guys are vaccinated or not. For you. No, not really, but so
0: my 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 favorite uh comment that I get to share for this episode comes uh directly to us from Frodo. Not directly, it was it was in the sub. I'm sorry, that that was misrepresentative. But Frodo MK uh had the comment if jb and al play in toronto mannix not only should retire but should publicly apologize other than some obvious stuff like injury reports and trades i've never seen him report anything true funny thing is that his report was published on a canadian sports website makes it more interesting um so i like that he's i like that frodo mk is kind of taking it and like reversing the like conspiratorial right. context back onto Mannix yeah, and how yeah. he's being used as a tool for the uh, Toronto media lean. But he, <laughs> and I, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, I wouldn't be shocked
1: if they are not vaccinated, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they are. That's why this is like so. Do- we don't clearly. Jalen Brown does not want us to know what his vaccine status is. Look, do I think that's kind of silly? I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. I don't give a shit. I'll tell anybody. Do I think it's kind of weird? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's not vaccinated. And, like, we don't know. And nobody's going to dig into his damn medical record to find out. So let's just see how this shit plays out, man. Let's fuck it. If we play Toronto
0: we'll find out, you know, <laughs> we will find out and, yeah. and they'll have to answer for it then. And let's deal with it then. Right. And my, my exactly. last, my last little bit on this is just to say, ultimately, I I know I'm a little bit ridiculous at times. I totally get that. And, and I, you know, I'll, I'll tend to always lean towards silly rather than serious. But at the same time, I really genuinely mean this to anyone listening that, that, you know, feels similar to me as far as the way sports are covered. And is just frustrated that you can't, You've got to really do some work to find substantial journalism anymore, like legit news and, and insight. And if we want that to change, and and not only just at the sports level, right, but like all I hear about is people complaining and being frustrated and discouraged over the way that really this is the same way that things go with politics and in government and in business and like all these different ways that we get news that's distorted and and, you know, Adjusted so that it plays to our emotional reactivity, um, for the sake of of generating revenue. If we want that to change, man, like we we've got to interact different. Like we've got to adjust. We've got to make ourselves less marketable with those strategies or to those strategies. And what easier, more accessible way to do that than to practice with like our sports fandom, right? Like, like using this, this pocket of space, unimportant shit, right? So then you can grow. And like when it, when it matters more, right? Like then you can flex those same types of muscles in these other arenas where it's got even higher stakes. Cause ultimately, right. At the end of the day, my life doesn't change one way or the other with either of these guys being vaccinated, win, lose in the playoffs, but the way this stuff is being covered and presented to people in sports right now is no different than all these other areas. And it's, it's devastating to the way that we understand what's happening in the real world and the way that we relate to one another. And so, again, don't mean to go on too much of a soapbox, but I feel like, you know, it is, it is something that is at least worth acknowledging. And I really appreciated Frodo putting Mannix on blast because, yeah, Mannix, if you got this one wrong, dude, I'm all yeah. set with you. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: And can I just say, to put a fine point on all of this, man, James Harden kind of sucks, Jay. <laughs> like they might, Toronto might beat Philly, so we might, we might be see, we might find all of this out in the second round. Someone, uh, yeah, someone <laughs> had
0: pointed out, uh, like his stats and, and suggesting something like you know he's he's going through a he's gone through slumps before. He's obviously gonna come out of it. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, a slump is one thing, but, like, he's out of shape. Like, like like he's just not even running yeah. well right now. Like, that has no, nothing to do with, like, terrible. missing some shots. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, there's there's something else. Ha- I'm, there's got to be other stuff, right? Like, there's always a little bit more than what we're ever I, savvy to. As a mid-30s
1: man, I can tell you, eating bad and drinking catches up to you eventually, James. You might want to cut that stuff Listen, out, it's, buddy. It's, Get it's, out of the strip club, brother. It's just water.
0: <laughs> I, I swear, yeah. it's just water. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us uh, for this episode. Spoons, as always, uh, appreciate you joining me and and having some conversation. I'm looking forward to these playoffs. Uh, Just let the folks know uh, where they can find you and anything that you might have coming their way. At W Spoonie,
1: and then I have a medium Wayne Spoonie. I am writing a Pritchard thing that I think will, uh, but it's just I've been very busy with my real actual life job, uh, so I'm going to try and get that out. I should have a little more time because uh, we get a week off for the play-in stuff. So I will definitely finish that, get some Spoonie Show episodes out while we have a little a little break uh, in Celtics games here. But yeah, a little break but a big PP article. Yeah, article. Oh, you should. <laughs> the, the title is ridiculous. It's gotta so be. You will. You will know it's what it's. When it's my piece on Pritchard, when you read the title. Excellent. I'm also uh, photoshopping. Have you seen the Ben Simmons certified dickhead shirts? No. Let's just
0: say that there's a Photoshop of that. <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward yes. to it, my friend. Uh, all right. And uh, everyone else keep uh, a lookout. You can find us obviously in the sub as always. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Celtics Reddit pod, as well as on YouTube where you can access this show, as well as our catalog of episodes prior to this and other auxiliary content, including uh, focused film breakdowns, Spoonies show, uh, and much more content to come as we continue moving forward. The breakdown of the IT Listen, curse. and there's only one place you're going to get full, comprehensive, investigative journalism, integrity-laced journalism on the curse. And so please, if you haven't yet, make sure to dive into that and get up to speed. I'll be updating the playlist in our YouTube account so that all of those episodes are actually really easy to, uh, to get caught up with if anyone is uh, is interested. So check that out. Um, also, please make sure to comment and let us know. Give us some feedback. What things are we doing well that you're really appreciating on the pod as well as other content that we're putting out? Uh, what things would you like to see change or what things would you like to see brought into the mix? We really We'd like to hear more from all of you and have even a oh, higher yeah. level of engagement because that's what this is all about. We appreciate you and we're looking forward to the next chance we get to talk Celtics. Till then, peace.